you know, I've tried some stuff that didn't work. A lot of ideas didn't work. But th that's just Tuesday for me. What I'm trying to do is fail trying rather than fail watching. Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord. The moral of the story is take your 10-year-old son to lose. This is not a race. This is war. Hey, it's Mikey from the Goonies. A podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. I'm Brian Lord, and on the show today, we have the New York Times bestselling author of Love Does, Bob Goff, as he shares how he brings together countries that hate each other, the power of what if, and how to know when to do something crazy. So Bob Goff is interesting just because he just shocks you, surprising you. Like talking to Eric here, he's like, I can't believe that guy's a lawyer. But he's one of those guys, like he's a lawyer. He will meet people on Tom Sawyer's Island in Disneyland for his meetings. He's like, yeah, you want to meet with you? You got to come to Tom Sawyer's Island. He's just such a contrarian, but in such a smart, likable, applicable way that you can't help but get oh, like, holy cow, that was so good. And it sounds like the book is kind of you know, love does kind of sounds it's not like the 13 ways to improve yourself, but you end up improving yourself just by following the things that he talks about. It's pretty amazing. And so he's so different. I was like, so Bob, why do you think that you're in this position that you're in? Oh man, I just, I, I think I'm on earth just to contribute along with everybody else. Um, but I'm, I've got a lot of energy. And so <laughs> the idea of contributing in a bunch of different ways, we're, we're just, Try to help out. And we're all doing that in each of us in our own way. And I try to do it. I just love kids. I love countries that are having some problems um, because I see that as a huge opportunity. Like we could get in there and actually do something that might be helpful. Do you kind of feel like you're a startup person? Yeah, I think I'm like that sleep under the desk. Yeah, work hard, but sleep under the desk uh, with my sweet Maria. <laughs> so we are, we got these three great kids, but they're all launched and, you know, just making families of their own. And so uh, we've been thinking, like, how could we make a difference? Like, leave this footprint behind that might change it. And for me, it was schools. I ever just start schools in a lot of different places overseas. And, and so uh, just like a lot of things, bringing people together that are sore at each other. We have a place in Canada that we use to bring people from different countries that are mad at each other. So like, just those ideas, like what if we, my favorite, like literally carve that into my tombstone. <laughs> favorite <laughs> word, what if we, because there's always some great mischief on the other side of that. Is there ever an idea that you say no to? Yeah, there've been a couple, <laughs> mostly felonies, but there's, but there's, uh, I haven't said no because I was afraid I would fail because mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I've tried some stuff that didn't work. A lot of ideas didn't work, but th that's just Tuesday for me. What I'm trying to do is fail trying rather than fail watching. And there's a big difference because I don't want to get to the end of my days and then think of all the reasons I didn't try because I was just afraid that it would look bad if I failed. But this idea, we I just got back from Congo, and uh, there's 70 warring groups that are after most of the people that left after the genocide in Rwanda are still at war with each other in the jungles in Congo. And so we're starting up a school right in the middle of it. Mm. We're literally going to fly helicopters over the top, letting all the rebel groups know all their kids can come to my school. Wow. <laughs> can wow. you imagine how 
rowdy parent-teacher conferences will be. <laughs> but uh, what are the chances that'll work? I don't know, like one in a million. But remember in Dumb and Dumber, it's like, so you're saying I have a chance. <laughs> so instead of saying like, oh, that would be nuts. I mean, the biggest armed conflict on the face of the earth right now. But why not try? Like, just try, see what could happen. And you yeah. might get surprised. We usually are. I bet it's happening in your life. Yeah. A lot of you try something, you go like, actually, that worked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that's one of the things with this. You know, you kind of get scared to ask. Like, you're a very approachable person, but sometimes the people you're asking, you're like, man, I can, I can get told no pretty quickly on this. Yeah, well, we write to uh, leaders. Remember in the book, I, we wrote to world leaders all around Earth when our kids were 7, 9, and 11. Well, I did it again about six months ago. I wrote to them. All of them, all over again. I got their addresses. They've changed names, but you know, they're different people. But I wrote to them and say, hey, could I meet with you and ask you about this? What's your definition of love uh, and how do we do it better? And uh, I've gotten seven yeses so far wow. from uh, leaders of countries, like the like the, the leader of the country. Isn't that crazy? That's in, now that So I'll just go again. Now, are you going to do, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to do anything to teach, or is it just purely you're meeting with it? I'm just curious. I want to be friends, first of all. Yeah. I'm not looking for a story. I'm not a journalist. I want to be friends. And if you can be friends with people in power and friends with unschooled ordinary people, like one of each in every country of the world, you really have something. So I don't know a leader of every single country on earth, but I know a lot of unschooled ordinary people and quite a few leaders. And it's been really great. Well, what if we're like the one safe person in their life? Like Switzerland, <laughs> right? I literally, for some of these guys that are a little bit more, you know, dangerous for good reason. Like I literally have a red shirt, has a white cross on it. I'll bring a bar of chocolate and a bobsled. I'm like, I'm Switzerland. <laughs> Don't shoot. Oh my goodness. So with the hope that what might happen if we just did this, what could happen? That's how we ended in, up in Mogadishu, Somalia. That's how we ended up in Iraq. That's how we ended up in a lot of different countries. And these people are now, they're friends. They're also leading, but they're also friends. And I don't ask things for them. Wouldn't this be great? When my daughter was growing up, I, would, I told her, you know, guys are going to ask you out on a date. And I told her, ask this, what's your definition of love? And if they don't say it involves commitment and sacrifice, it ain't love. Mm -hmm. It's just dinner and a movie. So, like, definitely go bowling with them, but don't date them. Yeah. And if they don't know the answer, say, well, you go home and figure it out. <laughs> as soon as you got it figured out, come back. I'll let you know if I'll go out on a date with you. What's, what's your version of that for your sons? Oh, for the boys, I think they understand it's honor and respect. Yeah. It's like I want, they're the guys that stand up when a woman walks in the room. Mm -hmm. Not because they're just trying to be polite. They want these women to know that you're women of virtue. And uh, I'll tell you, they've got some really virtuous women around them. And if we start honoring people that way, that we start becoming whoever everybody tells us we are, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, oh, uh, for a woman that walks into a group full of men, just have, for the gals that are listening, just tell all these guys around you that you feel really safe around them. Every guy will be like, yeah, they'll like muscle <laughs> up because you just told them who they were. And so what if we tell our sons and daughters that? Tell them who they are. Don't blow sunshine at them, but just tell them, I see who you're becoming. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Tell your wife that. Tell your husband that. Like, there's something beautiful that happens. And when something goes kind of janky, I don't, don't say the obvious thing. Yeah. <laughs> You'll say a lot less. Just, just don't say the obvious thing. When my daughter was in the hospital, the day she was born, uh, I wrote her a letter. And I said, Dear Lindsay, 
I forgive you for wrecking my car. <laughs> I put it in a pickle jar and I buried it. 17 years later, she wrecked my car. And I didn't get, I didn't say the obvious thing, you know, like the brake pedals on the left. I, I just gave her latitude and longitude. And she'd yeah. tell what if we geocache a little bit of grace? Right, just say like, man, and then to realize, you dig that up and like, you forgave that me for that the very first day I was alive. What if we just do that for one another? Just tell somebody like, I forgive you, or I'm really sorry. I was spent the morning with a guy who just lost his dad. And I almost want to go, before I leave here, like geocache that guy, something to say, look how far you've come. Because today was one of his darkest days. And I almost want to geocache it. And someday, maybe a year from now, just tell him, just give him, it's like third rock from the left. (laughs) <laughs> and to say on his dark day, he can't see that now, but a year from now to say, I buried that thing, I dated it, and had a message for you. Look how far you've gone. Find people who've messed up. Call them. I don't calendar people's birthday. I calendar a year from their worst day. Yeah. And I'll call them up and say, look how far you've come in that year. That's what I want. And I think in a culture where sometimes we tend to tell people how far they have to go, mm-hmm. just be the one guy that's Switzerland. Yeah. Look how far you've gone. That you look to be a person that has vision, that, that you see something that's whatever, 17 years down the road. Um, do you have a list of maybe five or six things that you, you automatically pick out that I see this is going to happen, I'm preparing myself mentally for this? What are some of those things? Oh, yeah. I've been making videotapes for my kids. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that for longer than there's been iPhones. I used to have this little flip camera. And make these little videotapes, and my kids don't know it, so don't rat me out. But I make these little <laughs> videotapes. Yeah, I make <laughs> I make these videotapes for them, and I I just leave them little thirty second messages. I say, Lindsay, you're a woman of virtue, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell her something that happened in her life, and say the same thing to my boys. And there's going to be a day where I'm not there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be a really sad day. Yeah, but it's going to be the best worst day ever. <laughs> because they're going to get carpet bombed from years and years of messages from their dad to say, this is who you are. Yeah. And there's no introductory video saying like, you know, if you're seeing this, I'm dead. Yeah. You know, it's just, just going to start carpet bombing them with love. Say, I know who you are. And they're going to have a worse day. They'll lose a job or a marriage or whatever it is. All the things I don't want to ever happen. But they will. And they're going to go find the videotapes their dad made them. Mm-hmm. You're going to say... This is who I am. You know why? My dad told me I was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't give him opinions about saving money and who they ought to date and all that. I just tell him, like, let me tell you things about you. I've seen this. Don't you wish, like, your grandfather, your parent, somebody had done that for you? Mm-hmm. They just, wouldn't that be great? Or yeah. one little letter to say, this is what I'm hoping for you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You got to do that with your kids. Oh, have yeah. them write letters to their kids. Yeah. And you don't even have to talk about how that happens. You could just say, <laughs> just write, someday you're going to have these kids. Yeah. What if you write a letter to them? Yeah. Tell them what you're hoping. We had our son, who was 16, write a letter to his kids mm-hmm. when he was 16. It's so beautiful. Like it ends like your dad, Adam. <laughs> and it's just like, I just, I'm such a crier, but I'd like yeah. to see. This idea, and I've kept a hold of that letter. I'm giving it to his kid someday. What's the first best idea that you had? The first best idea, sweet Maria Goff. (laughs) (laughs) She walked in the room, I'm like, you're mine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so one of the things that I do, oh, this would be totally 
you might think this is so hokey, but I start <laughs> out each morning and there's an old band called Orleans. Do you remember that? I, I don't know. I, I'm bad with Orleans. Them, I made it, yeah. I made them, so there's a there's a song called "Still the One." Do you remember this one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still the one. Yeah. I start every single morning. I play her that song, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "No!" She puts her <laughs> pillow over her head. I'm like, "No!" You just grin and take it. One <laughs> thing. You're still the one. I mean, just, there's something beautiful in the things that drive the people that we love. That's what seems really like an idiosyncrasy for something very eccentric that we do. Those will be the things that they'll remember the most. I know it and yeah. you know it. Yeah. So find those things. Find the favorite song that they're like, no. But they're under their breath. They're going like, yes. <laughs> uh, well, one of the other things I'm curious about you is... Um, what was the first country you ended up in? You keep on saying, well, I ended up in Mogadishu. I ended up in Uganda, or well, obviously Somalia, but all these different, where's the first country you ended up in? India. India? Yeah, yeah. We How'd went there. Happen? Yeah, they had uh, these young kids that were my kids' age at the time. They would uh, drum up a false debt that they really didn't know, but then they put them working in rock quarries mm -hmm. to pay off this debt that they could never pay off. And so we started going into these rock quarries with a camera and filming these kids. And then we would meet them at night. Somebody in a local village would get them out to us and we'd get their stories down. We'd fingerprint them. And they go to these district collectors where the people that are in charge of that. And then we'd arrange a raid, get the kids. And I'm like, oh, I'm in. It wrecked my legal career. <laughs> it's cost me millions because all I want to do is like, let's go get the kids. And then Little girls that are sold into brothels at you know 12, 13, 14. That's my daughter's age. Yeah. So it isn't like a girl. It's like feels like my girl now. Mm -hmm. And so we started going into brothels in India and doing right. It's 16 years later. We're still doing it. Yeah. And uh, and then I don't know how we ended up in Uganda. Probably the same way we ended up everywhere else. You just find an opportunity. You see a need. You say, is there any way I could play some small part in that? Yeah. whatever that is. And then one thing will happen, you'll meet a person in power, and then you say, if he's the chief justice of the Supreme Court, say, could we try a couple of cases? You're like, how many? 300? <laughs> <laughs> and then do this Jedi thing, and then you can. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. How, do, how does someone know when to do something crazy? You know, I think that it involves, if it's something that's actually going to last in somebody's life. There's a lot of times people spend their time figuring out what's going to work. And they try to do only things that are going to work. And I've tried a couple things that worked that didn't last. Oh, pet rocks. <laughs> Not my idea. But some guy, you know, he said it's a rock. And then after a year or two, people figured out, like, dude, it's a rock. <laughs> so that was an example of something that worked, but it didn't last. Yeah. Right? So I want to do things that will last. Like educating kids. That will actually last for generations. It just will. I don't know. It's not a big fancy thing, but it's just building schools and all that. Friendships, they last, you know? If I have a program, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. Loving people always lasts. It just does. I don't know. It just have more shelf life. And start with your families. And then says, you don't have to go across the ocean, like just go across the street to your neighbor. And then just say, if you got some more margin, bring your kids with you. Go blow their minds. <laughs> and bring a couple friends. Go blow their minds. And then you'll see this thing happens and it just goes where it, where it goes. What's the next crazy thing you want to do? Congo. 
Okay. Yeah, that's the next uh, big idea. Um, the next thing I've been working on with my family is skydiving. We were talking about that earlier. I got my skydiving license. I go every <laughs> week. Oh my gosh, and here's the deal. Uh, I've taken the bar exam in four states and they mm -hmm. test you for three days, 10 hours a day, everything you know. Skydiving to get your license, you only have to obey the guy for 30 seconds. <laughs> That's all the time you got, literally. And here's the deal about skydiving. I had to like kind of reconcile my with myself, what happens if none of the shoots go off? <laughs> yeah. And they say, actually, they say when you hit the ground, it doesn't kill you. <laughs> It'll break every bone in your body, but it doesn't kill you. But it's the bounce. Yeah. Like it's the second time you hit with all the broken bones will spare everything. And so I had to come up with a strategy, and this is mine. If I hit the ground, I'm grabbing the grass. <laughs> no second bounce. And I think that's what I want to do is people who've had the worst day of their life that actually hit the ground, I don't want them to, uh, to cash it in on the second bounce. It usually isn't the first one mm -hmm. in our families with the people that love us who fail. Mm -hmm. It'll be the second bounce that'll kill them. Yeah. And I want to be the person that just catches somebody. Yeah. The guy that says, just grab the grass. And it just, there'll be something horrible that'll happen in a country or to a neighbor. I want to be the one that's with them to say, you got this thing. I don't want the second bounce to get them. And I'm doing that by just loving people 30 seconds at a time. Mm -hmm. hey, if there's somebody who's really kind of difficult, you've met a couple. I've yeah. met, I'm a lawyer. Everybody <laughs> I meet. And I just think to myself, can I love that person for the next 30 seconds. I don't know about the rest of my life, but I got 30 seconds in me. Yeah. And then when it's almost like I see in my eye, like 28, 29, I'm like, okay, I got 30 more seconds in me. <laughs> and that's helped me. So some of the things we have to deal with in these countries are very dark. I mean, I yeah. try some capital, like death penalty cases. Mm -hmm. But I think to myself, could I remain the same guy that I was beforehand? Like, I don't want having to deal with very dark, unhappy things to take away my joy. And so I'm just trying to hang on to it 30 seconds at a time. And I feel like it's slipping away from me. I'm like, grab a hold of it. Just grab the grass again to say, I want to like 30 seconds, I'm in. I'm just I'm going to be that guy for the next 30 seconds. But usually when somebody has something, they learn it from someone else. Who, who kind of taught you that, you know, if you had a darkest day, you know, what, tell, tell us about the person who, who maybe came and helped you about during that time. Yeah, I won't use Don Miller's name. So, <laughs> He's a guy that's been my friend for a really long time, and he's just such a bright, caring guy. He's just, he's that guy. You know, when you hit, there's a poster that said that guy, he'd be that guy. Yeah. And he just loves people well. I uh, wrote a book, and I would send my words to him. He'd make my words way better. He's just like, he'd never been out there taking bows about it. He's just that guy. He doesn't need to be in the spotlight. He just wants to help people make their lives, their words, their love a little better. And so when I'm around people like that, um, I end up loving people better. I don't know if you've ever played ping pong or tennis with somebody who's better than you, but they hit the ball back lower across the net. They just always hit. And all you have to do with somebody like that is just stick your racket out and it'll go right back low across the net. If you play with somebody who's lousy, they pop it up. And then when you hit it, you pop it up. <laughs> and so Don would be one of those guys where for... As many years as I've known him, I've just like been just sticking my racket out. And because he's so good at loving the people around him, and I get in the blast radius of that, I just stick my <laughs> racket out. And I end up looking like, you know, a pro tennis player. And I'm not really that good. But I want to surround myself with people who are better 
at some of these things than me. And I've done a really good job. I'm a good picker. Yeah. So yesterday I, I went to uh, go out. In our marriage, I'm, I'm definitely the more the adventurous person. And uh, I was just going out for like a 30-mile bike ride, and my wife is freaking out. Like she freaks out at anything. I can't imagine what your wife goes through. How does she deal with you? <laughs> it's all lies and deception. I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out how you said just before 30 miles. <laughs> like, what? Well, it wasn't like a, yeah. Anyway. It wasn't yeah. like a hundred mile yeah, one you usually do. Mile, yeah. uh, you know what? Uh, when I go to Somalia, when Maria asks where I'm going, I say Africa. <laughs> this last time to Congo. Where are you going? Africa. <laughs> so if I'm going somewhere safe, you know, it's Cape Town. <laughs> yeah. But if it's somebody that's like, uh, there's uh, a little bit more difficulty that they're having, then I'll just be a little bit more general, which is like our, our own code for don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> like, I'll give you a call when I'm out. You mentioned what you want to have on your tombstone. So I'm curious to know, obviously, what that is, but also when you first realized that. Yeah, I just, I've been looking at these actuarial tables probably too long, but yeah, I got like 30 summers in me on a good day, probably with my risk factors, more like three. But, and just I'm trying to see like, you know, how do I want to spend those? And I've decided right now, I just want to be with people. And there's that beautiful word. So that would be the word too, just with. And uh, with them in their difficult times, with them in the celebration, with them in between. And you can tell when people really want to be with you and don't want anything from you. You just want to be with, yours is a friendship. Like you just work together. We just that idea of with, right? So if we just had more authentic friendships where we just want to be with each other and there's nothing on the other side of the equal sign, just with, and there's something beautiful. It just has the ability to multiply and you can be with the chief justice of a country that's having to decide whether to overturn their elections of their president and just be you know, in a living room with somebody who just had an assassination attempt. Like just be with them and be the one like person the, the outside their family that just no other agenda other than with and the people that have been with you or with me on our darkest days. But they don't talk about our darkest days. They talk about the days that are to come. And it didn't like they're putting a smiley face on it, but they just remind us of who we are. And so I've just seen, again, people that hit it low across the the net when I just feel like I've just been hitting it into the net and they tell me like you're good at that like you're actually a pretty good tennis player and I go actually I'm not but I feel like I'm like a little better because you told me I am thank you for joining us for the beyond speaking podcast make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to learn more go to beyondspeak.com because adding the ing was too expensive for this episode of the Beyond Speaking Podcast, your technical director, producer, and head Steelers fan was Eric Woody. Your creative director and part-time leprechaun was Travis Franklin. Brian Lord, your host, executive producer, and specialist in speaking about himself in third person. Additional thanks to special consultant and the pride of St. Paul, Lauren D. of D. & Associates. Thank you to the incredible voice talents of the muy profundo Robert Borges. Finally, thanks to the premier founder, Dwayne Ward, CEO Sean Hanks, and CIO Chris Young, simply because you need to thank powerful people. If you've listened this far, you clearly have nothing better to do, so why not continue on and listen to the next Beyond Speaking podcast.